Hi, everybody. Back for more dermoscopy. So we started off, maybe you were feeling like I did and you were a bit unsure and confused and startled by what you were seeing. Uh, and maybe you're feeling like, you know what, I, I want to give this a try, this crazy thing. Um, so we're going to walk through some cases and we're going to answer the question of what the bleep am I looking at. So I do not have any relevant disclosures or conflicts related to this topic. Again, we're going to try and apply everything that we're talking about in the prior talks to some cases. I hate writing learning objectives if you didn't notice that. Um, so just a nice review. Um, you know, these are cartoons, but I love them because they are simple. They take some of the messiness out of the real thing that we're looking at. Um, and it's a nice kind of image I can hold in my mind sometimes when I'm looking down at something. We've talked through some of the things on the top row here, uh, the milia-like cysts and comedia-like openings, the gyri sulci that are related to seborrheic keratoses. Uh, sometimes you see these fingerprint-like, finger um, which are longer structures seen in seborrheic keratoses. Um, the sharp demarcation and moth-eaten border associated especially with solar lentigines, um, and then in uh, some seborrheic keratoses, like one I saw earlier today, it's almost like a little bit of a white halo around these hairpin uh, vessels. Um, so that is something that helps as well. Dermatofibromas, we talked about this pattern with that central white or stellate scar-like area with that kind of pigment network around the outside. Maroon lagoons with angiomas, the cluster or crown of sebaceous globules, those yellow globules with crowning vessels, just a little sort of, you know, ivy around the, the crown that um, is the sebaceous hyperplasia. That analogy really didn't work, um, but we're recording, so I can't go backwards. Uh, dermal nevi, then benign nevus features. So these benign patterns but put it in context. So especially with this reticular activation, this growth pattern, which I wouldn't expect in a 60 year old or anybody really over 45. Um, and if things are asymmetrical, it's not going to fit into a benign nevus category. Uh, basal cell features, arborizing vessels, those spoke wheel or maple leaf like structures, again, that just spreading of pigment, these ovoid nests or globules, that buckshot scatter like the first dermoscopy talk, and then shiny white lines or structureless white globs. Erosion and ulceration, uh, you can also see on the surface of basal cells. So nice cartoons of some of the known networks. We're gonna put these to work as we work through some of the cases. So some of the ways that I learn are by looking at a lot of pictures and looking at a lot of people. So I just pull out my dermatoscope a lot. I try and pick a method. I like the two-step method, but know that there are others. There's also lots of learning. So if you're not one to just sit down at a computer or pull out a textbook like the Atlas of Dermoscopy, which is a fantastic text, you know what, you can go online or go to a meeting. Um, there are lots of talks like this one and at lots of different types of meetings. Then just pick a dermatoscope and start going. Um, there are also apps you can carry in your pocket to help you work through this. Um, one of the screenshots down here is the two-step algorithm. 
And the goal is to use dermoscopy to help us walk into somebody, uh, walk, walk into somebody's room like this, see this lesion. We already have our clinical differential, but now we're going to ask ourselves, you know, am I going to see on dermoscopy these fissures, these sulci, this coral-like pattern? Am I going to see these milia-like structures or comedone-like openings? Is there going to be an aspect of angioma on somebody with a small dark lesion? And to look for those structures, but also expect them to be organized. Um, so comparing a dermal nevus on the left-hand side, where we've got these nice globules all fitting together pretty nicely, distributed pretty evenly over this lesion, compared to what's on the right-hand side, where you've got this radiating streakiness around the periphery, and this is an acral lesion. That's why you see this uh, linear change in the background. You've got this blue-gray veil over part of it, and it's, again, asymmetrical, and it's not fitting nicely into a, a beautiful pattern. Um, and uh, Vinnie Syrilling does a great job of teaching dermoscopy, and she you know, has borrowed from Ashmar Goob this idea of beauty and the beast, that things are often beautiful because they're symmetrical, things are less beautiful because they're asymmetrical. So a few more kind of patterns side by side to reinforce what we're gonna be looking for in the cases. We're gonna ask ourselves, do we see pigment network? All of these lesions on the left-hand side have pigment network, but so do the ones on the right-hand side. And what almost looks like beautiful and very regular pigment network in these lesions is not symmetrical. This is disorganized. We've got half that's kind of light. This is even lighter, like it's trying to go away, and also part that's trying to grow. Similarly, this is not the sort of nice Swiss cheese, like we kind of forgive where hair follicles are coming through, but this is sort of, you know, patchy and uh, the periphery is not nice and even. It's not distinct. It's not nicely shaped. It's very lobulated. Um, just looking at the difference between symmetrical, beautiful, disorganized, malignant. And this is another example, but looking not at pigment network, looking at the globular pattern of pigmented lesions. So we're seeing these nice cobblestone kind of fitting together uh, globules in these dermal nevi compared to globules that vary in size, distributed all over this lesion, not in a really organized and cohesive way. Very similarly in the lesion down at the bottom, we've got this peripheral activation with some really big globules. And we know on histology, they actually correspond to nests of melanocytes, which in this uh, lesion on the right-hand side is kind of concerning. And this lesion is not on acral skin. So I want to take, take a second to point out is this sort of geometric shape. There's like a square my husband's a geometry teacher. He'd be really mad at me if I called this a square because I don't think it really is. But you know what I mean? It's a polygon. It's got lines. And that is not how normal skin makes things. You don't get these linear granules popping up in a normal nevus. And I, I have many times, including just last week, biopsied something because I just saw linear granules and it came back as a, either a severely atypical uh, nevus or melanoma. So lots of things 
kind of fun to look at and look for in these lesions. But even if you just look at them and can't name them, you can say, you know what? This one looks pretty even and symmetrical. This is a hot mess that needs to be biopsied. So globular pattern and uh, looking for that. I don't know why that line just came in. So here's a case. We're not in the pigmented category, but that is okay. We're gonna work through our two-step algorithm. We're not thinking pigment network globules or homogeneous blue-gray, but we're gonna ask ourselves if it fits into a known pattern, maybe based on its vascular structure. The ones across the top, the cartoons here, these are more reassuring and benign patterns compared to the ones on the lower two-thirds of the slide, which are the concerning patterns. So when we look at this dermoscopy, um, even though we have contact, we can see pretty well there's a bit of a keratin uh, hyperkeratosis. We've got maybe some dotted vessels over here in this part of the lesion, but they're not symmetrical. We've got some of these shiny white structures and generally just some structureless areas like milky pink. So you've got a lot of different vascular patterns and findings in one lesion. This is polymorphous. It's concerning, needs to be biopsied. Now, luckily it came back as a squamous cell skin cancer, but all we were looking to do was to know this isn't fitting a nice known pattern, it needs to be biopsied. Melanoma, disorganized. We look down on it, and even if you're not into giving things fancy dermatoscopic structure names, you look, can look down and say, this is a very dark cloud of a thing happening on the rest of a lesion that is just all over the place. This is a little bit pink and has some of these, you know, long branches that are called serpentine. Um, but you know what? It looks like it's trying to be a pigmented lesion in the periphery. So asymmetry, just lots of different structures in different places. Looking down, trying to find pigment network, saying, you know what? This center is starting to get a little thick in here. And especially if this is a change and if it's an ugly duckling, you know what? Let's biopsy it. This one. This one has some pigment network around the outside. You see those little white pebbles surrounded by that um, brown grout. Um, but you know what? It's starting to lose its structure. It's got these structureless areas, or you could call this sort of a blue-gray veil. Um, and then you're starting to get some really thick, again, network in some of these areas. This one, similarly, You've got pigment network around the outside. You might be thinking this could be, you know, a dermatofibroma. It's got this central kind of scar-like area, but you know what? It's not over here and it's not really in the center. So we're starting to see some of these white streaks. This is concerning because white streaking can be in melanoma. It can be in basal cell. We saw it in the squamous cell pictures earlier. So this shiny white structure or chrysalis, this is also a melanoma. So let's work through some cases. So here's a lesion. First question is, does it have pigment network, globules, homogeneous blue-gray? The next pattern, really depending on how you answer, either one is gonna be, does it fit a known pattern? I'll give you a second to look at these because the next slide is gonna have all the answers on it. We're not doing audience response, but this is just kind of a chance for you to 
kind of say, this is what I would do. And the goal again is just biopsy. So this was a benign nevus. When we ask ourselves, is it melanocytic? We're gonna say yes, because it has pigment network. And it has a really nice benign nevus pattern. So yes, it fits pretty nicely into that peripheral reticular and central hypopigmentation pattern. So this is a lesion that we would leave behind. Here's another lesion. So this is the example that I showed you earlier and kind of harped on some of the findings. But let's take a look. Does it have pigment network, globules, homogenous blue-gray? If you say yes, does it fit a benign nevus pattern? If you say no, what are some of the melanoma concerning features that you would see? So this was a melanoma, as I pointed out in that example earlier, but why? This is kind of the fun. Let's dig into why our brain says it's melanoma. Well, it does have pigment network in some of these areas here, and it definitely has globules around the outside of these darker um, kind of blobs of the melanoma. But does it fit a benign pattern? No. I mean, the closest it would get is multi-component, which I don't think should even be a thing. Uh, it's a little dangerous. Um, but what are some of the concerning features? So we talked about the peripheral globules being a concerning sign that things are growing. A similar finding that is concerning for growth are these pseudopods. They're like these fingers that are reaching out into the surrounding skin and have kind of bulbous tips. Um, so you can almost see like a fingernail or a, a you know, just a wider fingertip at the end. Um, but then you have lots of signs of regression. These um, kind of granules are what we call peppering, these geometric lines that you can see popping up uh, in the middle of this lesion. And then this structureless white area um, chrysalis uh, concerning changes. So we would biopsy this. All right. Is this melanocytic? The three questions, network, globules, homogenous blue-gray. Yes or no? Second question is, does it fit a known pattern? No, there's no pigment network, granules, or homogenous blue-gray. What it does fit is a nice sebrioceratosis with those milia-like cysts, um, and it's very nice, well demarcated. Um, we don't really care if it's symmetrical, but it's you know trying. So, sebrioceratosis. And I had a couple more images uh, jump in here because remember, sebrioceratoses can have a wide variety of clinical features, uh, like this coral-like pattern up here. But this lesion that flew in on the bottom is actually a melanoma mimicking a seborrheic keratosis. And this is where looking at the whole structure and not just very briefly at one finding that confirms what we thought. When we look at the whole thing, there is some pigment network around the outside. Um, this is not as high resolution a picture as I had hoped. So if you can't see it, please just know that it's the image and not you. Um, but there is some pigment network if you look at the periphery. And that's a really important thing, is I kind of force myself to scan from top to bottom over the entire lesion, rather than just quickly looking at the 
you know, part where I'm like, oh, I see that it's a separate keratosis. Because if we do that, we just look at one portion, we say, oh, these are those comedo-like openings. Well, it's weird that it's a blue-gray color because blue-gray comes from pigmented lesions that are down deeper in the skin. We have not seen a seborrheic keratosis that has blue-gray veil in it because seborrheic keratoses are an epidermal growth. They do not go down into the dermis. We also see this kind of asymmetry in the opening of these follicles because the melanoma is starting to injure um, and, and some of these are expanding and being pushed smaller because of the growth of melanocytes in the epidermis. So look across the whole thing and ask yourself like, would I expect to see blue-gray veil in something that is an epidermal thickening? And no, you wouldn't. All right, so case four, is this in the pigmented lesion category? Is it not pigment network globules or homogeneous blue-gray? If you think it is or isn't, does it fit a nice pattern? If it doesn't, are there things that are concerning to you? Is it beautiful or beastly? Symmetrical, disorganized. So this also was a melanoma. This one does fit into the question of is it melanocytic because it has these globules um, around the outside, trying to be kind of a cobblestone globule, but you've got really big globules and then really teeny globules and then bigger globules and they're just kind of all over the cell all over the place. Um, after you ask yourself and you answer, yes, I think it has globules, the second question is, does it fit a nice benign nemus pattern? And the answer would be no. This does not look like a nice cobblestone nevus because it's got some hyperpigmentation here, which almost looks like pigment network. Um, you've got some pink sort of milky areas over here, and it's asymmetrical in those findings. So this atypical network, <coughs> excuse me, it's disorganized or beastly. It doesn't fit a nice pattern. So this would be biopsied. And we'd find melanoma hopefully earlier rather than later. All right. First question still is pigment network, globules, homogeneous blue-gray. Scan the whole image, really force yourself, because in amelanotic melanomas, there's sometimes just a little bit of preserved pigment just at one little edge. If you say no, you're gonna ask yourself, well, does it fit a known pattern of something else? Maybe basal cell or squamous cell. What are some of the features that I'm seeing? All right. So this was an amelanotic melanoma. Now, I'd be super impressed if you could call that because I'd be like, it uh, might be a squeam, but I'm gonna biopsy it. And in part, it's because we don't really see any network. We don't see any globules. We don't see any homogeneous blue-gray. But the point is not for me to impress the dermatopathologist. It's to biopsy and save the life of the patient. So what's, what we can see is uh, by using our knowledge of vascular patterns and sort of the pink things, uh, we just see this 
homogenous kind of milky red and sort of milky white area. Uh, we've got some of this shiny white structures and streaking over here at the periphery. And then we've got some, almost looks like a hairpin vessel down here, but a whole mess of dotted vessels. Some of them are starting to maybe get a little bit broader, um, transitioning into glomerular vessels. But you've got now a polymorphous pattern of vascular structures, milky red, milky white, and you've got dots. So time to be biopsied. That's how you're going to diagnose the tricky amelanotic melanoma. All right. Some of you might remember this picture from earlier, but the goal is to reinforce how are you going to see it the next time it walks into your clinic. Question is, is it melanocytic, pigment network globules, blue-gray? Yes or no? Does it fit a known pattern? What structures do you see that help you recognize it the next time? So if you said, you know what, I think these are globules, and so I think it is melanocytic, it would not fit into a nice benign nevus pattern, and so you'd biopsy it. If you said, you know what, no, this, this doesn't look like the globules of a, a nevus. I think these are uh, other kind of pigmented structures like we see in basal cell, where we're seeing uh, maple leaf or spoke wheel structure. Uh, I think I'm seeing erosions and maybe some little vessels. This is a basal cell skin cancer. That's how you're going to find it. All right, so acral site, you can tell because of the ridges and furrows in the background. You can see the little ostia of the eccrine coils that helps you know that this is a ridge. And ridges are risky. So. We have parallel lines, which helps tell us that this is a melanocytic lesion down on an acral surface, or I could say up on an acral surface like the fingers. But it's a benign acral nevus. It does have pigment network in those parallel lines, which are the modification because of that different background of acral skin. But it fits a nice, what we call lattice, where you see sort of like a ladder these lines crossing over from one furrow into another furrow. It is predominantly a, a parallel line or parallel furrow pattern, but there is this little bit of that lattice change. So just know that that is an absolutely normal change. And it's fun to just kind of take pictures of these and prove to people and myself that they say absolutely stable. Here's another acral lesion to follow up. So parallel lines, that's how we know something is in the pigment network uh, or category on an acral surface. And our question for ourselves here is, does it fit a benign pattern, which is furrows are friendly, or is it ridges are risky? If it's ridges are risky, then we need to biopsy it. So what do you think is predominantly holding the pigment in this lesion? This ended up being melanoma because it's in the ridges or risky category. Um, so we have these parallel lines, but they are in these kind of fat swollen lines, which are the ridges. 
Uh, one of the tricks some people use is you can put a little bit of a surgical marking pen uh, right on top of this or surrounding it. And then you wipe away kind of gently just the stuff that's on the ridge. And so the surgical marking pen stays in the valleys. I've tried it a few times, everything is purple, so I don't find it that helpful. Um, but here's uh, in the image above an example from earlier that you saw where you can see the streaky pigment predominantly in the ridges of this lesion. All right. So first question, pigment network, globules, homogeneous blue-gray. Second question, does it fit a known pattern? If you don't like that, you can ask yourself, beauty or the beast? Is it beautiful, symmetrical? Is it beastly, not so organized? For this one, this is tricky because you might look at this and think, you know, that might be just a, you know, pyogenic granuloma. Um, the issue is the lower right-hand picture is a pyogenic granuloma has a really nice collarette around the outside. So this hyperkeratotic rim that builds around this central red milky area. This one sort of looks like a little bit of a peach. It's got just a little bit of a split down the center. That is okay, it's still a PG. Um, we send most of our PGs off for biopsy anyway, so you would confirm it. Um, the issue with this melanoma, I'm gonna go back to the image since I covered this up, unfortunately. When you look at the whole thing, again, forcing yourself to look at the entire image, you see the globules that are subtle and at the periphery, just the one asymmetrical side of this lesion. So this was the kind of original pigmented lesion. This is what grew in it, this amelanotic melanoma. Um, you've got milky red areas, milky white areas, you've got erosion. So when you look at this, you've got globules. Does it fit a nice known pattern? No, you're gonna biopsy. Um, if you send you out, I think this is a separate lesion, you would say no. Then you would ask yourself, does it fit a known pattern? Is it a dermatofibroma? Is it an angioma? These are not maroon lagoons. This is hemorrhage and erosion. It's not those nice swollen lacunae with septae. You're not seeing any of that. So you're seeing asymmetrical, kind of white structureless red. You're gonna biopsy this. Even if you thought it was basal cell, you're gonna biopsy it anyway. But the point is you're asking yourself, is it organized? Does it fit a known pattern? And if not, then you're biopsying it. So again, 1.3 because of that invasive kind of lower blob. This was the kind of tricky part, which was just that asymmetrical area. We walked through all this. And the typical maroon lagoons. All right. So tricky one, not one that I've shown you before, except as a cartoon, or unless you saw this in a prior year. So pigment network, globules, homogenous blue-gray, yes or no, still asking yourself, does it fit a known pattern? And this is where we're talking a little bit more about vascular patterns. So this is actually a clear cell acanthoma, which is known for having a vascular pattern described as a string of pearls. 
red pearls, albeit, but I guess it's a really nice, you know, analogy. So doesn't have pigment network. Next question is still, does it fit a nice known pattern? And the answer here is yes. Unfortunately, it fits with a uh, pattern associated with a benign lesion. Now the clear cell acanthoma might still bother somebody, um, but you know, you can take it off for that reason, knowing that you're gonna impress your dermatopathologist sometimes and say, this is a clear cell acanthoma. Um, typically it looks like, uh, almost like a lichenoid keratosis, just kind of pink plaque, almost uh, like a pyogenic granuloma. Um, um, oftentimes I've seen them mostly on the extremities like the leg. All right, another image here. Sorry, focus isn't looking as good on the large screen, but we've got a donut of kind of color around the outside, um, less on the inside. First question is still holding to that structure, pigment network, globules, homogenous blue-gray, and also, does it fit a known pattern? So this is a dermatofibroma. Um, you can tell on the measurement that's in this dermatoscope that it's about six or six-ish, seven-ish uh, millimeters wide, so pretty sizable. Um, so it's good to put my dermatoscope, I think, down on things where it's a little questionable or atypical. But no, this doesn't have typical pigment network uh, globules or homogeneous blue-gray, but it does fit a known and benign pattern which is that stellate scar-like center. And more of that structuralist periphery, kind of pink tan. <clears throat> All right, what a pretty picture. So same questions. Pigment network, globules, homogenous blue-gray. Does it fit a known pattern? So it does does fit a known pattern, doesn't have pigment network globules or homogeneous blue-gray. Um, but what we do see are these nice white yellow globules consistent with a sebaceous hyperplasia and just the purtiest crowning vessels kind of coming up from the periphery, arching over those globules towards the center. And this is a twofer, so there's a couple, like three sebaceous hyperplasia right next to each other here. And that's in comparison to this umbilicated squamous cell carcinoma that has none of those white yellow globules. It does have the white streaking, which is what A is pointing to, and it has serpentine vessels, uh, which is what the circle is around. Good, all right. Is it in the melanocytic category? First question. Second, does it fit a known pattern? If yes, why? If no, why? Are you gonna biopsy this? So this is a Spitz nevus and arguably we do biopsy a lot of these, especially on adults, because they have this tricky dotted vascular pattern in the periphery. Do we see pigment network globules or homogeneous blue-gray? First question, no. Does it fit a nice known pattern? Separate keratosis or squamous cell carcinoma or basal cell? You know what, if you said, I kind of see this, 
you know, white streaking across here. I've got some dotted vessels, you know, are we starting to get some glomerular vessels? I totally can see biopsying this thing. And again, especially in an adult, you are not gonna go wrong. Just know that Spitznevi, which we often find on young adults, have this homogeneous dotted vascular pattern. And so this allows us to say, you know what, I'm pretty sure this is a Spitz. Let's take a clinical picture. Let's take a dermatoscopic picture and let's have you come back and we will check it because especially in young people, needle phobias are incredibly common. So being able to non-invasively monitor something and only biopsying it if there's really a, a concerning structural change is, is something that a lot of our patients um, tend to appreciate. And this is in contrast to, this is a melanoma where you're starting to get some of these glomeruloid type vessels happening in a asymmetrical way. These are not dotted vessels, they're larger. Um, they're also not in this sort of homogeneous pattern across the lesion. All right, so first question, is it melanocytic? Does it meet the criteria? If yes or no, does it fit a known pattern? All right. Well, this happened to be a benign nevus. Um, this was on a younger person. Again, if I saw this and it was, a, especially if it was asymmetrical and on somebody, you know, older, 56 year or older, um, I'd be much more likely to biopsy it um, just because this is a sign of growth. Now in a younger person, it's because this nevus is establishing itself, uh, not because it's turning into melanoma. Because this is a nice symmetrical change, it's at the periphery of the entire lesion, and this is that peripheral globules with central reticular. Again, first question we'd answer yes, because we see the pigment network and we see the globules, and we would say yes, because it does fit this known and benign pattern. All right. I'm throwing you off a little bit. Now, I love using my dermatoscope for hair. So I'm gonna kind of teach through this case just because we don't cover a lot of hair this year in our dermoscopy talks. So when we're looking down at hair, just like we looked at some of the pictures on the face, hair openings are gonna be sort of like this, like a opening in Swiss cheese. When it has a hair in it, you can see that, but when it doesn't, it's like this yellow donut. Um, one of the things that we're looking at when we're looking down at hair is looking at spacing and preservation of these follicles because the number one thing we want to find is any kind of scarring hair loss. So I think of these follicular osteas being very evenly spaced. It's almost like I could tic-tac-toe or kind of twist my fingers from one to the other and I wouldn't have to reach further to get to another um, osteo. You know, visually just connecting the same line to each one of these, it's pretty easy. So it looks like there's preservation of the follicles. We're not losing any, they're not more widely spaced. Widely spaced. But then when we look at the hair shafts, we're seeing a lot of single hairs. Normally on the scalp, we see clusters of hairs in twos or threes coming out of the same uh, follicular opening. So seeing single hairs tells us that we're seeing a decrease in density and there is definitely some kind of pathology or condition that is happening. The other thing that we're seeing are some of these hairs are you know, not looking quite as robust, meaning as long or as wide, 
as these healthier terminal hairs. And so this variation in size, the decrease to having single uh, follicles, this is androgenetic alopecia. And so we can put our dermatoscope down onto someone's scalp and maybe not have to do a scalp biopsy, which, you know what, if I don't have to do those, I am super happy to skip it and gives me information I need. It gives the patient a sense that we're looking really hard and we're buying into what sometimes they've been brushed off about. And we can help um, monitor the disease as well because as we have them use treatment like minoxidil or other things, we should see more of these skinnier hairs thickening and hopefully we'll see more twos and threes of those follicular ostea coming back. Um, if we don't, at least we're looking for stabilization. So androgenetic alopecia, male or female hair loss. Uh, do we see scarring? Absolutely not. Um, but anisocytosis is the finding on a blood smear when the red blood cells are different sizes. Some are normal, some are small. So I borrowed the term and it reminds me to look for variation in hair caliber or size, anisotrichosis. And this one is an example of normal. So we see lots of twos and threes in terms of the number of hairs that are coming out of the ostea. And when we compare the kind of robustness, the size, the diameter of hairs to each other, we're not seeing any decrease in that. And the hard thing is uh, sometimes people come in and they say, you know, I'm losing my hair. And you ask, well, is it mostly on top? Is it mostly in the back? You know, they're just not sure. Telogen effluvium is going to look like normal scalp and androgenetic alopecia is going to look like the picture we've just talked about. So you can still say, you know what, yes, you, you have something going on just based on your history, but I don't think that it's the hormone and genetic type of hair loss. It might be due to, you know, another trigger and exploring in history for uh, telogen effluvium type triggers. Now, another important finding for patients with skin of color um, is not to confuse uh, the eccrine openings, which are these little white dots for hair follicles. This person actually has a decrease in the number of follicles, but what you're seeing are the normal, again, structures of the skin in somebody with skin of color, where you can see some of the eccrine openings. Eccrine coils do not drain into the hairs, they drain into the skin surface apocrine glands will drain into a hair follicle. So this is cicatricial alopecia, CCCA, not androgenetic alopecia. And if we don't know normal, then we can't see that actually where I would have ticked off a hair ostea to a hair ostea, there's no hair ostea, you know, kind of spanning my fingers I'm not getting there. So we have an obliteration of hair ostea. It tells us this is a scarring hair loss, not androgenetic alopecia. Very different urgencies and approaches to treatment. So intrafollicular white dots, those eccrine coils. And this singlet, which is a SOS sign. So singlet ostea sign. When you see that, again, concerning for structural hair loss. All right. Jumping back to skin lesions. Is this melanocytic? Does it have pigment network or globules or homogenous blue-gray? You're doing great, keep it up. Either answer you give, does it fit a known pattern? 
really the biggest question is, are you gonna biopsy it? That's why you ask those, yourself the first two questions. So this is melanoma. And yeah, it does fit into melanocytic because it's got, especially these globules right here, but are they nicely distributed, those really nice cobblestone globules? No, they're like one-off globules. Like, what are you guys doing? You're asymmetrical, that's a weird pointed one. Um, so we've got atypical globules and dots Maybe there's some pigment network out in here, but it's definitely not that nice lacy network. What is this weird, like is this even part of the lesion? Is it structureless? So we've got a biopsy, all that. All right, it's a lot happening here, but stick with the process. Peripheral network, globules, homogeneous blue-gray. Yes or no, known pattern. So this is a pigmented BCC. Again, even if you went down, these are globules, not fitting a nice cobblestone nemus pattern. They're asymmetrically distributed, so you'd biopsy it anyway. But these are actually sort of the pigment structure, those uh, blue-gray ovoid structures that are seen in a basal cell. You've also got some of the hints of serpentine vessels in this basal cell. You've got almost a hairpin loop vessel at the outside here. All of this polymorphous vascular pattern with some of the pigment structure that is associated with basal cell may help you know, number one, you need to biopsy it, but number two, what is the urgency of the talk that you're giving to that patient? So I always like to kind of preempt a little bit of the conversation if I feel like I can, um, based on what I'm seeing on dermoscopy. So those globules that are blue-gray, the little dots at the periphery. We're almost there. You're almost at the end of the clinic day and somebody shows you this lesion. Process, step one, pigment network globules, homogeneous blue-gray. Yes, no, known structure, concerning structure. So this person's getting the melanoma talk and it's because it does have pigment network. It's got some really nice, pretty network in some selected areas, but then it's starting to do almost like a pseudopod thing in some atypical network where it's starting to get a little bit fatter. The network is not quite so fine and lacy. It's getting a little like it's drawn with Sharpie instead of pencil. Um, overall, this is beastly. This is not symmetrical, it is not beautiful. Um, and it's got some melanoma-specific findings. So we've got the blue-gray veil. You've got this variation in color, certainly. We talked about how melanocytes, when they're closer to the surface with that pagetoid spread, they get to be more black. Um, we've got some of these atypical globules. So this is concerning. All right. Pigment network globules, homogeneous blue-gray, 
Not feeling it. Nope. Does it fit a known pattern? Subpipe, SK. Does it have a vascular pattern that's concerning? So this is a squamous site view. And if we look uh, at our vascular patterns that are shown in this lesion, um, it's you know, pretty homogeneously distributed, but these are glomeruloid vessels. So this buys you a biopsy, even though they're all over this thing that is a concerning vascular pattern, that gets a biopsy. Again, string of pearls, clear cell acanthoma, homogeneous dotted could be spits. If it's, um, you know, kind of part of a lesion, then we would be biopsying it. All right. Kind of a tricky one. Pigment network, globules, homogeneous blue-gray. Does it fit a nice pattern? So this one has sort of a sense maybe of network, but it's it's almost negative network where um, the larger structure is actually the tan instead of the white pebble. And then the white is actually the little stringy area. Um, so this is a concerning lesion. If you said, I don't even know where to put this, you would have said, no, I don't think it's melanocytic. You know, is this a dermatofibroma? This is a big fat no on that one because you don't see that expected stellate scar-like structure in the area. And so you'd be saying, no, it doesn't really fit a nice pattern. Uh, let me think through my vascular patterns a little bit. I think I'm seeing some glomeruloid vessels um, throughout this thing. So, you know, I'm gonna biopsy it. Again, thinking first like weird DF, but then no. If you said, you know, I think this really is a pigmented lesion, you'd ask yourself, does it fit a nice benign and no nevus pattern? The answer is no. And you would biopsy it. You might push yourself further to say, what am I seeing? Is there anything melanoma specific? You've just got some kind of structureless, almost milky white or milky red areas. You've got the glomeruloid vessels. So this is, again, edging you closer and closer to concern for melanoma, uh, which it was, compared to basal cell dermatofibroma, typical, again, in squamous cell carcinoma on the left that we just saw. So in take home, we've covered so much. Should you feel like an expert? Absolutely not. You should feel like I'm gonna start just putting my dermatoscope on things. If you're already putting your dermatoscope on things, do you have a good structure that works for you that feels like you can talk your way through what you're seeing and why it's either concerning or not? And if you don't, then I find the two-step algorithm really helps me sort of look at the whole lesion and tell myself why I like it or don't like it. And you know what, just look at a lot of pictures. Find a dermatoscope, use some of the online resources. You know what, work with people around you. And I take pictures, so I take a clinical picture, dermatoscopic picture, and then I kind of go back once I get my path and look at those, and it's been really, really helpful. So I hope this inspires you to pull out your dermatoscope, show it off with your patients that you're really digging in, um, and yes, Yes, you. You can do it. Have a good one. Thanks, everybody.